Welcome back to Silent Exposure. This is Exposure 206, college football highlights from week four. I am your host, Mitchell Crossan, and let's go ahead and talk about Maryland at Michigan, Michigan's first true test, I guess we can call it, of the year. And I made a video earlier on social media just talking about how bad Michigan's non-conference schedule is. And it's no surprise, but it really puts into perspective the teams that they've played. So Hawaii... UConn, Colorado State, not in that exact order, but those are the three teams in their non-conference. Based off of ESPN's strength of schedule, Michigan had the absolute worst strength of schedule in the country at 131st. And this just measures the strength of the teams that you've already played. So this is going to continue to change throughout the year for Michigan, right? They're going to play Ohio State. They played Maryland already, so it's going to get better. It's not going to stay at the bottom of the pack. But when people say Michigan's non-conference schedule is bad, it was so bad that their strength of schedule was the absolute worst in the country. So now, finally, to play a Maryland team, which we know they can kind of sling the rock a little bit with Talia Tagovailoa. He's definitely progressed a little bit as a quarterback, but he's still not a Bryce Young. He's not a C.J. Stroud, and they feel limited in a sense, you know that he's going to make a pass, a bad pass. You know they're going to turn the ball over. And look, Maryland hung in this game. Maryland's defense played better than I thought. But of course, Michigan can ran the, ran the ball. Offensive line played well. McCarthy, you could see he was definitely frazzled at times. But this game just kind of came down to the talent advantage that Michigan had over Maryland. And they were able to pull it out. Let's move on to... Kent State at Georgia. So Georgia won 39-22, but definitely struggled to put away Kent State here. And Kent State moved the ball a little bit. It looked like after the game, Georgia was talking about, oh, you know, we were focused on just the little things, whatever. And Brooke Bowers had another two touchdowns. But definitely a little bit of a sloppy performance by the Bulldogs. They turned it over three times, struggled in the red zone. And I think they were burned on a fake punt. And they were just continuing to give up some big plays to a Kent State team that was 1-2, now they're 1-3. I'm not going to overreact, but we did see Georgia come back down to earth a little bit. They have looked really good, even after losing, what, 15 players to the NFL draft last year. And as much as you don't want this to happen as a coach, as a team, as a fan base, you know, week four, right, you're starting to get into a groove, you're playing against a bad Kent State team, there isn't a lot of hype. There isn't a lot of energy in the stadium. It's not that they were overlooking them. It's just it's hard sometimes for these players to get up for these games. Now, you don't want to have to motivate your players to get up for every game, whether or not you're playing Oregon, Alabama, Kent State. But the fact of the matter is this type of thing does happen, and we saw it happen with Georgia this past weekend. Let's move on to Clemson and Wake Forest, which turned into an offensive shootout in overtime. Clemson won that game 51-45. And let's let's look at some numbers here. So DJU for Clemson went 26-41 for 371. Five touchdowns, no picks. And then Sam Hartman of Wake Forest, who I've always liked going back to last year, 20 for 29, 337, six touchdowns, no picks. This was kind of interesting. I can't say that I'm actually surprised how this turned out, but going into the year, we all knew that Clemson was struggling on offense, most notably DJ, and just with that quarterback position. And then on the other hand, I thought that Clemson's defense was pretty good and pretty solid, and 
Wake Forest just picked them apart. I mean, Sam Hartman had a QBR 94.8. So I think this tells us three big things for Clemson. Number one, offense is getting better. DJ does look more comfortable, and that's a very promising sign. Number two, the defense isn't as good as we thought, or at least what I thought. And number three, probably the most important piece here, the ACC feels kind of wide open. Clemson does not feel dominant like they have been in years past. Clemson plays NC State next week. I think that's game day. I think that's the primetime game of the week. That'll be a huge game. A lot of people have been high on NC State this past offseason. There have been times that NC State hasn't looked good either. The ACC feels wide open right now, and next week is going to be a very important game for Clemson, for NC State, and for that conference. And now to address Middle Tennessee State with the upset of the weekend, taking down Miami 45-31. And I read per USA Today that Miami paid Middle Tennessee State $1.5 million just to give them a loss. And so we've seen this happen already a couple times this college football season, but it's it just can't get any sweeter if you are on that receiving end of that $1.5 million and a big-time win. Miami has a little bit of a way to go, and after the game against Texas A&M last week, Miami looked limited. They looked like they had a clear ceiling, and I just thought, you know what, this does not look like a team that's anywhere close to being ready to compete in the ACC, because A&M hasn't looked great, and then A&M won that game, and Miami just looked one-dimensional at the very end, so now, honestly, now that I see that Middle Tennessee beat them by 14, it's like, well... I wouldn't have picked them to win, but at this point, after how they looked versus A&M, it can't be that surprising. So Miami's going to drop. They're 2-2. Two two. They won't be ranked anymore. Mario Cristobal has a ways to go. Let's let's have him build this program. He can recruit, right? He's a Miami guy. Let's get some recruiting classes underneath him, and let's regroup. How about Tennessee taking down Florida? What was it? 38-33, big-time win for Tennessee. I don't think they've won in that rivalry since like 2016 or something like that but what is josh building down there in tennessee what kind of program is this i mean this team can now they can move the ball on offense and i'll say it people were mentioning that in the off season and i thought yeah i'm a little bit skeptical and i'm not going to say that everything's perfect everything's firing on all cylinders because you know they are undefeated i imagine that they'll be ranked in the top 10 they can move the ball on offense and florida it's hard to get a read, I feel, on Anthony Richardson. He, what, finally threw a touchdown pass? He had a couple in this game. I, I can definitely see the hype. I can see the ceiling with him, but I can also see the floor, and I can see how raw he still looks. Now, I will say he had great composure. He could move out of the pocket a little bit, and we saw some flashes, but everybody was going nuts with the hypes and the comparisons. Doug Prescott, Cam Newton, and the guy had it in the throw a touchdown pass this season. Let's pump the brakes on that. Let's let Florida regroup after this loss. But shout out Tennessee. Let's see what Tennessee can do here. And keep an eye out. Tennessee goes to Georgia on November 5th. And that could be a monster game. Let's do a little bit more of a rapid fire here. Texas is not quite back. They lose to Texas Tech 37-34. Washington State loses to Oregon 44-41. Washington State had a complete meltdown at the end of that game. Texas A&M 23, Arkansas 21. Arkansas wasn't they weren't going to run the table. They were going to go undefeated. A&M still has talent. No surprise there. 
Ohio State 52, Wisconsin 21. And this Ohio State team is still missing their best weapon, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's battling that hamstring injury. But dang, if you're an Ohio State fan, you couldn't have asked for a better start to that game than what you got. Alabama 55, Vanderbilt 3, NC State 41, UConn 10, moving into that big showdown with Clemson next week. Kansas State 41, Oklahoma 34 with the upset. And let's look at USC 17, Oregon State 14, which was interesting. In the offseason, I did note that this was a game I thought USC could drop. USC converted a big fourth down late in the game, got a big big push from their offensive line. USC isn't going to run the table, in my opinion. And I don't think that they're going to finish the season 12-0, the regular season at least. I think they're going to slip up. Oregon State is a program that's much improved. Couldn't quite get them this year. But USC is playing with fire right now. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of SE. You can follow us on our social medias at Silent Exposure on Instagram and TikTok and at Silent Expose on Twitter. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening as always and go Bucks.